The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Good afternoon, everyone. Scott here with Beyond the Leash Dog Training and the Quirky Dog. It's the first time I've done the intro. I don't usually do this, but I'm gonna, we're going to have today Stephen from Georgia Super with exciting. From Farm Hounds. And one thing I saw on his website that I... I chew on myself on occasion, <laughs> is that dried tripe. I love oh, dehydrated yeah, we tripe. we love feeding tripe. And the quirky tip of the day, you guys, is to check out Farmhounds. If you have not heard of the company before, there is actually a link in the description. And this company I've heard great things about. We had products sent to us. They're awesome. The samples are great. Our dogs are going crazy for them. So we're going to hear all about it today from Stephen. Stephen, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, Before thanks. So tell us, you're co-owner of this company, Correct. Correct. All right. So tell us a little bit about what Farmhounds is for people who have never heard of it before. Um, Farmhounds is a pet treat company. We focus on treats and chews um, sourced directly from family farms, um, farms that are practicing regenerative agriculture, humane farming practices. Um, and, and going into this, we knew, you know, transparent sourcing was something we wanted to connect you know, where your treats are coming from to the farm that we work with to sort of make that product. So everything that leaves our door, everything that we make and produce um, has uh, the name of the farm we worked with to create that product. And so um, that's sort of where the concept came from, farmhounds and just kind of connecting people to farms. And, and, and as we grow, we're adding more farms. So this isn't just with one farm. You'll see that we work with a lot of different farms it started very regional for us, but as we started to look at products and find other farms that were doing different things on like a regenerative agriculture scale that was a little bit larger, we were able to source more products and things like that. So you'll see a lot of variety of different farms. Um, a lot of our customer base sort of loves to sort of see which farm they're going to yeah. get with that order. So you do see some variety there, which is always exciting. Yeah, it's like a winery almost. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna, it just reminded me, I used to get dog food when I lived in California from a meat processing plant that was in Northern California. And once a month, he would make a trek down south with a flatbed filled with dog food for everybody. And the interesting yeah. thing, since he was a meat processing plant, he had people bringing him ostriches, all kinds of animals that not everyone is going to raise on their farm, but he was getting all kinds of different animals. So it was, it was neat. You know, you could, you could order pig's feet or you could order a, an ostrich or whatever you wanted, you know? So it was interesting to break, change it up a little bit. You and know? I want to get into some of these products that you do online. But before we move on, you guys have some in-person stores in Georgia too, right? Yep. So um, we started in dog daycare, you know, a decade ago, um, kind of looking at, you know, the whole dog experience, trying to figure out sort of that, that daycare space and doing some retail and falling in love with retail we opened up some retail stores called the Whole Dog Market. Okay. Um, and those are in Atlanta. We have three soon to be four locations. Um, and that was something that we sort of focused on sort of nutrition and what dogs need. And definitely as the raw boom started to happen and, and more and more people started to move towards raw diets, sort of educating people along that and kind of working through some of that. So from there, we kind of fell in love with 
with making treats. And we can get into sort of the history of sort of that relationship with our first farm partner. But ultimately, from daycare to retail to, you know, our own treat line. And cool. That sort of way. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes me want to go to Georgia. But if there's any Georgia listeners that live nearby and you haven't been yet, I love the concept. And it reminds mm. me of Whole Foods almost, like or yeah. the Whole Dog Journal. Like, you're, this is a holistic approach. So that's yeah, awesome. Exactly. So there's only those locations, the Whole Dog Market, going to be four of them, which is awesome. In Georgia, you can't find those anywhere else. But if you want to order the treats online, you can. So tell us a little bit about your customer, uh, what they like, uh, a little bit about your variety and whatever you want. You you take it over. Yeah, for sure. Um, we sort of have a, a couple different categories. We do a bag product. Um, you know, it's it's 100% animal ingredient. We don't do fillers. We don't do preservatives. We don't do chemicals. Um, this is pastured product. These are from small family farms. Um, and so it's kind of fun as we get into sourcing and looking at like what farms can, you know, produce for us. A lot of these farmers, they actually use a processing center. So a lot of times we're saying, hey, we can actually use some of this product that you're not getting back from yeah. the processing center. And so we've sort of peeked behind the curtain a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of seen the difficulties. We've been working with a farm, you know, in Indiana um, that it's taking us a long time to sort of get shipments because they're having to sort of work with their processor, the USDA side of it, and making sure that, you know, there's so many rules and regulations that they have to sort of fight against to get product back that you know, is theirs, but because the processing center has rules and regulations, right. it sort of changes the conversation of what's available to us. So we're having a lot of fun just sort of fighting it and mm-hmm. figuring it out and trying to work with farms. Cause to me, it's, you know, I want those dollars for us. It's like supporting these farmers, and, yes. and especially with the way COVID hit. And some of them were tied very heavily to the restaurant industry. And so we're seeing, you know, that there's a space for us to come in and help these guys and, and provide sort of more dollars mm-hmm. for each animal. Um, we're using things they normally would compost. You know, we would get to work with White Oak Pastures. They're down in Bluffton, Georgia. They actually have their own abattoirs on site. So they're mm-hmm. doing all their processing in-house. So that's that's a whole different ballgame where we sure. can actually get stuff a little bit quicker. Um, but we make a lot of bag products. Just to kind of get back to that question. We do a lot of chews. Um, chewing is one of the most beneficial things you can do for a carnivore. It's cleaning teeth, strengthening gums, mental energy, physical energy. Mm-hmm. Um, endorphins get released in a dog's brain if they can chew for more than 15 minutes. And so... Um, and it keeps them out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, when you're on a Zoom call and you're yeah. dealing with work stuff, yeah. you know, you got your dog chewing on stuff, yeah. which is always really important. Um, and then we've launched recently uh, basically a food topper. Uh, we've been talking with White Oak about sort of capturing blood and dehydrating mm-hmm. blood as a food topper. And so we've started to sort of grind things up into a fine powder and bottle it and, mm-hmm. and basically launched some liver and some blood options for toppers, which has been a very fun thing. A lot of our raw feeders get really excited about sort of those types of additions that they can add into mm-hmm. their foods. So. Yeah, and it's so funny. I, uh, I'm a pescatarian, which sounds stuffy, but living in New England, it's great. But I haven't eaten meat for over, I don't know, 12 years just for animal rights reasons, but we do feed a raw diet. So my question is, what is the benefit of the blood? I'm pumped about the blood. I know the benefit of the, the organ. It's got but a lot of iron it, in it. Yeah, well, let me hear yeah. it from Stephen. So, you know, the, the topper side, the first thing I would pitch it for you is it's just going to create excitement, right? Uh-huh. So right off the gate, you're going to get scent. You're going to get something that gets the dog a little bit more interested to say like, whoa, 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 what was that that you just added in? Mm-hmm. Um, there definitely is nutrition that carries. And we do, you know, look at those things. Um, we do a dehydrated process on everything. So I know there's a lot of different styles of treats out there when you have air dried, dehydrated, you have baked. Mm-hmm. Um, we've opted to go towards the dehydrated route just because it puts us in a little bit of a safer category when it comes to just humans handling product. Mm-hmm. Okay. Salmonella um, issues, you know, things like that. 
Yeah, exactly. So when you go into, you know, air dried, you're, you're kind of living right below that 140 degree mark. And mm-hmm. so we go into the dehydrated. So for us, the topper side is definitely priority one is excitement. You have picky eaters. Um, you know, the secondary is that you are adding in nutrition. You're not getting the same level of nutrition if you were to do it on a raw level. So we're not going in and trying to claim, hey, this is what we're trying to do. But what we always kind of look at is what do our farm partners have that they're not able to sell, mm-hmm. not able to move. And, and, and our relationship to our farmers are definitely going to be the driver for us to say like, hey, if we can buy blood that you are just putting back in the soil. And, and most farmers are trying to figure out how to, again, keep things full circle and not let things go to waste. So you'll see a lot of things go to compost, a lot of things go back to the soil, um, but they only need so much of that to go back to soil. So that's where we can come in and say, hey, if we can pay you guys for stuff and, and build that relationship, you guys can hire more workers. And, and it's a very fun, very, I always think of it as a very romantic story of being able to sort of come in and work with these farmers that we always thought we would sort of be pestering them in, in 20, you know, 20, 21, yeah. um, that we would be annoying them, but yeah. we realize that there is, there's a space for us. And um, it's collaborative too. Yeah. We're working with another farm partner just with, um, if you look at the way hens are raised, egg laying hens, um, basically they have to use, they have to basically purchase females and roosters are annoying. They mm-hmm. don't produce a lot of meat. There's a lot of frustration there. And so we were able to come in and say, Hey, if you guys want to start breeding on property, Cool. We'll take all your roosters. And so allowing them to sort of change what they're doing. And yeah. these are these are pretty cool regenerative ag farmers that are um, doing some pretty cool stuff. So the fact that we get to tie to that, work with them, um, has been a really exciting journey. For yeah, sure. that is awesome. I want to say I just happened to have bought a bag of blood meal for my plants because oh. <laughs> I like to grow weed. Yeah. It's legal up here. And uh, so that's a strong form of nitrogen. So I got yeah. a, a bag of, you know, small bag of dehydrated blood, blood meal. And uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, to give it to the dogs the way what you're thinking. The other thing that just popped into my head, which you you may have already thought about it, but with all of the preppers, these people that are like trying to the five gallon buckets with this stuff that they're keeping in their basement for when the end of the world comes, which some people feel is not too far in the future with your dehydrated dog products, you might be able to vacuum seal them and as a prepper for your dogs, you know, for if something happened, because it will last. I mean, how long will a dehydrated uh, piece of tripe last? Have you figured that out? Or um, It's funny because with dehydration, it's a really powerful tool mm-hmm. um, that you can make things shelf-stable for a really long time. We right. use a water activity meter to sort of test products to make mm-hmm. sure that things are getting um, as dry as they need to be to where they last. You know, mold. Yeah, and things can't grow on them. Right. So it's something where we're able to sort of test those things. Um, I have po- products from like the very beginning in my office is sort of mm-hmm. just as, as a memory kind of sure. to, from where we came from, yeah. but those products are still like a piece of tripe hanging on the wall. Stable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, you know, most of our customers use the product within 30 days. So it's right. not something that you're looking at long time storage. Um, if you do want long time storage, we tell people that you can throw it in the freezer. Um, we don't use, you know, pesticides or chemicals. And so mm-hmm. your big culprits really are, if you keep it in a cool, dry place, then moisture is not an issue. Mo- anytime you reintroduce moisture to dehydrated product, you're going to encourage mold growth. Um, do, you put the dehi- do you put the dehydration packs in with your stuff to eliminate we, any moisture that might get packed with it? We actually use an oxygen pack. Um, oh, okay. So those are things where you can actually research oxygen versus moisture but because the stuff is as dry as it is and the type of bags that we use mm-hmm. um getting oxygen out is it ends up being creating a little bit more of a stable environment especially right. for transport when you're going to different humidity levels and things like that so um so that's basically the process with our bag products but even with our loose those are just wrapped in 
um, you know, paper when we ship them. Sure. Um, but they'll, you know, pests and, and uh, like bugs and stuff are going to be the other thing that's interested in it because we don't use pesticides. So again, long-term storage, we tell people use freezer um, and dogs don't mind freezer, frozen stuff, raw bones, those kind of things. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. your client, what do they, what is like a main product that people look for? A little bit of variety in the actual product. So people start recognizing terms when they see <clears> them on the site. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, our, our bag product being strictly animal ingredient, it's all single source protein. So we get a lot of customers that have allergies trying to avoid certain proteins or trying to introduce certain proteins. So that's great for that. It's also very high value. So you see a lot of trainers, um, a lot of, you know, dog walkers trying to get things that captivate a dog, get their focus, get their attention. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take a piece of, you know, beef liver, beef heart, you know, take it on your walk. Your dogs are going to just be staring at you the whole time going, all right, what do I got to do yeah. mm-hmm. to get that? And so I always love when customers sort of experience our product and realize that there is a drive that you can kind of tap into with that carnivore, that if you give them the correct treats for those correct situations, uh, not only do you have a better relationship with your dog and you start to do more with your dog, but your dog's ultimately paying attention a little more pumped about, you know, snacks and treats. And yeah. Like well, and I thought um, that when you mentioned the toppers, cause like blood trailing is a thing for a lot of dogs with antlers and stuff. You know what I mean? Like they, mm. they're, they're bred to seek out these things. They're bred to seek out these smells. Like this yeah. is truly yeah. instinctually like why we have dogs. And the more that people recognize that and know that not only is your treat healthier than giving Bill Jack, but you actually have engagement. You actually have something on the street that you may not have had before. So that's why the dogs dig up the garden bed Yeah, after they've fertilized. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, and then we do we we sell a, a beef hide roll. So we basically, this is 100 natural hide, um, and that's that's probably the most durable chew on the site. It's definitely our most popular, um, and that comes from White Oak Pastures down in Bluffton, Georgia. And we've been able to work with them to sort of help develop this chew. That again, raw hides are a little bit of a trigger word, and mm-hmm. yes, a lot of times especially to us. Safety. Yeah, I get all stressed <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so you know, and safety is always a big conversation because we're always trying to write descriptions and language that mm-hmm. kind of encapsulates everybody's dog, which has different energy, different chew styles, you right. know, different supervision. So different jaw strength, different jaw yeah, strength. Yeah, ex- exactly. And so the, the thing that's great about the hide is that it is so durable that if you do like a five minute session, just to kind of gauge what does my dog do with it? How do they behave? Okay, they only made this much of a dent, you're able to sort of understand you know, how you can manage this mm-hmm. sort of chew so that it benefits you just as much as it benefits the dog. Yeah, without having um, a problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of people think that like, oh, a chew is, is what you give your dog when you leave your house. And right. most people don't realize that once you leave your house, your dog goes into sort of a hibernation mode where they're just storing energy and waiting for the next schedule to, you know, event to occur, which is you coming home from work or a dog walker coming in. And so a lot of times it's, you know, my dogs do the most of their chewing when I come home from work and they, yes. they ambush me and they've got all that energy. And so rather than sort of squashing their energy, I can say, hey, guys, here, let's redirect here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go put food on the, you know, get food together, do whatever needs to be done when I get home from work and let them have something that they can jump into, burn some of that energy. And then we could do our walk or move to the next part of the day, which would be, you know, fetch or playing outside. For yeah. And furthermore, they're supervised. I, maybe even more importantly is that, you know, yeah. uh, your stuff, there's never a guarantee with anything you give their dogs that it's going to be safe. Bottom line, you know, we make more durable yeah. treats. We make more durable toys and everything else. And that is how I first heard of you guys with some strong working dog people with Belgian Malinois, with dogs that like are going to pop a tooth on a marrow bone or something. And it is kind of a concern. What can I give this dog to enjoy that isn't just a rubber toy? And they are aggressive 
chores and these products do work for them, but it's not something that you would just leave them alone with. And a lot of my concern sometimes is like with the bully stick, you know, now they actually make the product at the end to put on the bully stick so dogs can't, you know, get obstructed from it and everything else. Marrow bones, they can get stuck sometimes. They can chip a tooth. I got into knuckle bones for a while. I was like, oh, this will be safer. This will be great. And the dogs are weeding away as they do get to the knuckle bones. And then at the end, they were like, oh, it's only an inch long. And I'm like, oh my God, this is obstructible, you know, you know, so there's no perfect anything, especially if you have an aggressive chewer. But if you have a product that is going to last longer than 30 seconds, that's a better bang for your dog and for your bank account. Like that's just the bottom line. It just gets to be a waste. We bought pig ears the other day. They're like potato chips. It's crazy, you know? So And not good for the dogs either. We know that. I mean, they get a lot of preservatives in them. So that's a real special treat because yeah. it's not a good thing to give your dog, I don't think. Sourcing is a huge deal. And that's why we exactly. went to Raw and why a lot of people have gone to Raw from Kibble. And when you source a treat differently, it's just going to be healthier overall. Can you talk a little bit about proteins and stuff? Because people get freaked out about hearing ostrich and all this random stuff. But just a little bit why that we feed these certain proteins and maybe how it'll spark a dog's interest. And like you said, with the allergy stuff, it's huge. Yeah, so... Um, you know, currently we don't do a lot of exotics just because again, um, you know, we can talk a little bit later about the kind of the regenerative ag side, which is a a big part of us. And so, um, we're still, again, as you know, we bump into more and more farmers and figure out what's available, but the more you can get into the exotics and things like that, um, you know, with allergies, you know, chicken is the number one protein allergy, you know, beef is number two. And so a lot of people are sort of figuring out with itching and scratching and, you know, and, and digestive issues, sort of eliminating certain proteins. And if you can give your dog something they've never had before, um, you know, typically the, the likelihood of them, you know, having an allergy <clears throat> towards that is, is very rare, very limited. Um, and so it kind of helps you get on something that, you know, they're not going to have an issue with, and then you can sort of eliminate sort of from there. So, um, it's always fun when you can give something, somebody, you know, totally different, totally new, yeah. and you can kind of experience it. Yeah. Um, we just always recommend that you sort of go slowly into those, those experiences just to kind of gauge how the dog behaves with it. So. Yeah. Have you tried fish at all? So it's funny. We have about 300 pounds. Um, in our freezer right now for mm-hmm. testing. Um, right. This was right before COVID happened. And we have seen just extreme growth ever since COVID hit with mm-hmm. more and more people short of shopping online. And so we don't actually have time to explore to that even test that product yet. Yeah. However, we are bringing on some um, equipment that's going to allow us to sort of have a, a more efficient process with our dehydration and stuff like that. And so it's on our books for 2021 to launch something. Um, the other thing with us, the way we source about regenerative agriculture and is this beneficial to the earth and is it something that helps the environment and, and look what these farmers are doing. And so X, Y, and Z, you can kind of tie to that story. Right. With fish, it's a little bit of a different conversation because there is this wild versus farmed mm-hmm. um, language that we're trying to learn and sure. seeing what happens with different um, you know, fisheries and what happens with carcasses and leftovers. Right. And is this flushed back into the ocean? Okay, it is flushed back in the ocean, creating dead zones. So can we develop something that dogs would consume and love and enjoy that would keep this from getting back to the ocean? And so there's things like that, that we're going to always take an environmental approach and look at sort of what we could do that. Could we create something that um, it might be farmed, but if it's something that is done at a level that's just super, super quality. And these are like small farms. There's a little place that does catfish mm-hmm. in Louisiana, I believe, or no, Mississippi. Yeah. Um, and we've been talking with them about potentially looking at carcasses and things there. They get big, those catfish like too. They can get to be yeah, very it, big. Yeah. It is, it is farm, but there's a sustainability to it. And right. there definitely is 
a, a movement in the fish space that that wild doesn't necessarily mean better mm-hmm. um, if you can do things appropriately. And so we're still educating ourselves on that space before we sort of launch into it because, again, we want to tie to the environment and make sure whatever we're doing is something that's good for the dog but also good for the planet. It sounds like having a socially conscious business is a hell of a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and- I, I would much rather try to sell you something that's good for you and your dogs than, than something that is just mediocre and everybody's Or something it. that could actually kill your dog. And then you say, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry, we've killed 48 dogs this month and we're recalling this product. Yeah, that, that never should have gone yeah. into your house. Well, the thing is, and this is funny, this is how Scott processes versus me. So his, his was a joke. But I was going to say thank you because this to me is the most important part. Like I think we're in a point in our lives right now in February 2021 where like we do have to look out for each other. Like this is kind of where we're moving and we say the same thing all the time within the dog industry. Like dogs are suffering. Dogs are going into shelters. Dogs aren't trained as well as they used to be. Like we, if we're not collaborative in some way, shape or form, and we're just in it Mm -hmm. for ourselves, it isn't going to be the best for the future of dogs or dog food or dog diets or anything. So thank you for going that extra mile. And not only is it a great product for dogs, but it's helping the farmers, like you said, which is like a huge plus benefit right now after such a hard year. So I I'm think sure, it's awesome. I'm sure it's a little difficult, like you said, getting some of these products away from them that they're using it in their fields, you know, the blood and things like that. So you got to yeah, be. The, the, the biggest challenge there is that they didn't even know that they could have sold it in the first place. So these processors, you know, end up holding on to that. Either they're tossing it or, you know, so it just depends on how that, that system is set up. And so. Mm. It's funny when we sort of turn over a, a list of products like, hey, this is things we can pay you for. And they're like, oh, well, let me talk to my processor. <laughs> yeah. And the processor We would like, like oh, to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, so, you know, whether the processor wants to train this, the team there to have how to, you know, source those things. And, you know, it's this big battle of like, you know, whether the processor will do it. And so as these we're running into farmers that have all their processing in-house and that's a lot easier. So White Oak is very unique because they do all poultry and all cattle in-house. Right. And so. Um, that's something where we're able to work with them a little bit more closely. And we were able to talk with them about blood where you mm-hmm. couldn't do that with somebody who was sending their animals, you know, to a processing right. center. So. You know, it's interesting with the, the gentleman that I was buying all my stuff from in California that had the exotics and all this and that. I'm pretty sure that all of the dog food he sold was a cash business because that was all the yeah. stuff that you couldn't sell. It wasn't human grade. The, you know, yeah. the tripe that's got stum- stuff in the stomach still. You know, it has to be yeah. bleached to become human. Well, and grade. that was 15 years ago, and raw great, has though. advanced. Everything has advanced since then. So yeah. you're, we're able to legally buy this product from you. It's sourced well. It's humane with the animals. It's helping the farmers, and most importantly, it's helping the dogs. So I just yeah. think it's just a win-win-win everywhere. The best part yeah. is that if people buy, take advantage of his uh, 20% off too. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I know. I'll let him announce. So yeah. tell us about your yeah. subscription box. You had something on the site or something. Yeah, so we, we definitely have some subscription options as well. Some of our customers, they don't want to have to get on the website every mm-hmm. month and they want stuff just showing up at their door. So we have a, a mixture of different boxes that kind of allow you to kind of mix and match. You can also, any individual item can be added to a subscription as well. So we have a lot of customers that want X, Y, and Z sort of added into their box. And so it, pretty much if it's on the site, it can be turned into a subscription item and you can deliver it on, on any frequency. You can cancel at any time. There's no like long-term commitments or anything like that. You know, we we come from the dog you know, business. And mm-hmm. for us, it's like, how can we do what's best for the customer and what's best for the dog and make things as easy and as clean as possible. So, you know, we're always looking and, and again, it's a, we're a small team. And so we're always figuring out our website. How can we make it easier? How can we make it cleaner, you know, from searching for the right products? But yeah, subscriptions are available. Um, gift cards are available if you wanted to just, you know, test that out or give it to a neighbor or dog walker, stuff like that. So we, we you know, 
try and always figure out what makes things a little bit easier for everybody, you know, on that side. I have a question. Go for it. On a scale of one to 10, <laughs> when you open up your dehydrated tripe, how bad is the smell? One being no smell, 10 being, well, de non-dehydrated tripe is a 20. So we're talking a one to 10 on dehydrated. Go ahead. It's the funny thing about you asking that question is we got that tripe from white oak pastures. Did you throw up when um, you got it? No, because, well, so I, I actually ended up getting COVID and losing my sense of smell and mm. it has not returned Lucky. to me yet. Oh, so, they, they, and, so this is a bad question for you. Literally the day we got that tripe in from White Oak, um, you know, stop. That, that was like my day back to work. And I was like, and everybody was like, oh, we got tripe in. And I was like, oh, how'd you know? And they're like, oh, because we can smell it. So there definitely is a smell. Oh, my you know, God. Tripe yeah. Tripe is known for its, you know, smell. But that's, that smell is what triggers that dog. Oh, yeah. People don't realize that, you know, dogs are, are totally, you know, locked in based on scent. Taste is such a minimal thing to them mm -hmm. where scent is sort of everything. And so that's where that tripe becomes such a huge valuable tool because of the, the scent. It's not going to clear the room, uh, you know, from what I've talked to with my coworkers. Um, but there are definitely <laughs> bags of tripe you'll open up that'll, that'll kick you up pretty good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which is why they're such a high value treat. And since you have so many raw feeders, I'll yeah. just have to yeah. say for our listeners too, probably one of my worst things is tripe in the eye. When you go to open up that thing, like you, if it comes in a oh, package, you, she gets you, a chub, so Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. You get a yeah. chub, you pop it. All of a sudden you got tripe in the eye. You're like, all right, like <laughs> we need to take a moment. This is a lot. So, and I wanted to talk about, you talked about a little about your customer service. I had actually ordered a gift card from you guys. Cause I had heard great things for a friend and like you guys, just had it a really never showed up. Same, oh, shut up, because it went to someone else. I didn't get you a gift card. My God. Uh, but it was like seamless. You know, we had, it was a nice tech service and you guys aren't super spammy and your site has a great fax question. So I'm really excited about everything. Where can our listeners find your product and um, what's the best way for them to become a Farmhounds community member? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Farmhounds.com. So everything's online. Uh, we do free shipping on orders over 50. Um, okay. So that's always something where I tell people to sort of target that, get a couple chews, get a couple bags, grab a couple toppers, and then you're there. Um, we do run promos and coupons and stuff through social media. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and all those spaces. As we grow, we're looking at trying to do more video content as well. So that's something that we're just, you know, leaning into that and how to share more stories from our farm partners. Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of the differences that you'll see with our product versus else, you know, versus other companies are going to be on the site. Our farm partners are all listed on the site. Um, and so there's a lot of education and information. Awesome. Sort of I have a question before we Go wrap ahead. it up here. Have you guys, <clears throat> what's the dehydrator stuff that we buy occasionally? The Honest Kitchen? Yeah, so we use Honest Kitchen occasionally, and we yeah. rehydrate it, and then we'll add some meats to it. It's not just yeah. a, I think you could feed that alone, but we don't feed it alone. But if we're low on something, we'll add Honest Kitchen and re rehydrate it. Have you considered, now that you have the blood meal and some other things, you could put together something that just add water, and it's a balanced meal for your dog if you wanted. Yes, we've talked about, so the next step for us after fish, you know, we're looking at lung right now. Lung's another one that mm, that's a good one, yeah. doesn't want to, you have to buy it as waste. So you have to almost sign off on saying, hey, I'm buying this. As, I'm not going to eat you know, it. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. a lot of the times the USDA inspector does not want to let this leave the plant. And so mm -hmm. you're always having to fight that a little bit. And so people always argue about like human grade and, and terms that are used. Human grade, no, but there's not a definition of human grade. Nobody's regulating human grade in pet food because it's such a right. odd thing to try to compare. And so- for us, it's like, how can we get it from the, how can I pay the farm for it? You mm -hmm. know, and that's the first question. And then, you know, we'll be as open and honest as we can that, hey, look, we, we have to buy this at this, but it's, you know, literally 
coming off of a USDA floor, you know, mm-hmm. but we just have to buy it and make sure they're not labeling it certain ways. But, yeah. um, so we've talked about, you know, complete diets. We will probably will always stay in the supplemental space just mm-hmm. because of, of how much uh, movement we're seeing on treats right now. And, and when you open up complete diets, there's a different level of regulation there that you sort of have to jump into. Right. Um, but again, there's, there's a really high ceiling for us and, and we're not sort of opposed to that. Um, but, but supplemental feeding is definitely a space where we've looked at doing if, if when it comes to raw, raw bones, all of that stuff that eventually down the line. Um, but right now, everything we get from our farmers, we're, we're selling and it's all being sold as dehydrated you know, products. So we're in a good space right now where we're, we're gaining more customers than we are. And you have you know. the cheapest storage out of everybody, the farmer, the yeah. processor, <laughs> you, yeah, just have, so. you just need a dry room. That's it. <laughs> yep. Exactly. I got to so tell you, good. honestly, I've welled up uh, quite a bit during this episode. It's just a topic so yeah. near and dear to my heart. I know. Really, though, it, it, it's important <laughs> to me that the animals are treated well and they're respected and then it's transferring over to the dogs. And when you talked about yeah. getting to that $5 mark for people to get the free shipping, if you guys are feeding a treat topper right now, that's mostly where the BS that your dogs are getting, you know, it's like these gravies and there's a lot of sugars and a lot of fat and a lot of stuff in there. Uh, some people do canned food on top. Look at the blood and look at some of these other tree choppers that are more uh, healthy for your animals. Sure. Because if you're getting, if you're putting that on the dog's food every single night, yes, it's not their main diet. But as we know, a picky dog can get pickier. So then the next night, they get a little more gravy than kibble. So consider a healthier treat topper for sure to get to your $50. And if you click the link in the description um, today, that's going to give you everything that you guys sell, right? The quirky link that you sent me? Yep, that, that's going to drop you right on the homepage. And then you can navigate around there. So that link should apply the 20% automatically for your first purchase. Perfect. Um, and you can basically add anything to your cart and sort of go from there. Perfect. Um, Sounds yeah. like you guys have a lot of irons in the fire with your business. You got the the yeah. retail. The retail must have been brutal with COVID. You guys closed down for a bit and all yeah, that. Yeah, so it was almost an even switch where that slowed down, but mm-hmm. our online store picked up. And right. so it was definitely something where, Lucky. you know, we, we also wholesale our products. So if you have like a, a retail store, that is something we do make products available. So we're in about 400 to 500 stores across the country. Well, that's great. Um, and so we're selling a lot of our bulk and in, 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 in bag products there. Um, so that slowed down drastically, but now as things sort of are picking the, up, yeah, yeah, we're seeing a little bit of life. We're seeing orders come through on the wholesale front as well. Um, we also offer a hundred percent guarantee on everything we sell. So it's something where if you try it, you're not happy with it. It didn't impress you the way you thought it was. Your mm-hmm. dog is going to be, you know, picky towards it. Um, always reach out to us. You know, we are always asking ourselves if this was me, how would I want this sure. handled? And we're trying to make sure we're always making those decisions that are best for our customers. So. 100% guarantee, free shipping on orders over 50. Um, you also mentioned sort of the emotional side about animals being, you know, animal welfare, which is always a fun part of regenerative agriculture. But if we can talk really quickly just about oh, the yeah. soil. Right yeah, go. Um, Scott loves talking about, dirt. I might have to sit out. You guys yeah. can talk dirt for an hour. <laughs> so, you know, White Oak Pastures is a great kind of resource to look at. And what they've started to do is study the soil there. And what they've tapped into is called regenerative agriculture. So there is industrial agriculture, which just takes from the land, takes, 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 takes. You mean Sustainable no means, you know, yeah, sustainable is giving what we're taking. And so you're not going anywhere. Regenerative agriculture taps into actually benefiting the land mm-hmm. and they, you can use animals to do that. And so if, if properly handled, animals can actually bring biodiversity back to soil. And mm-hmm. what happens when you have soil that's alive, it retains more water, it grows stronger grasses, it feeds the animals better. And so there's a circle you tap into. Um, and, that, and that they, cures starvation in the world. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. they're actually studying soil now. <laughs> yeah. that it captures more CO2 
than what's being emitted down at white mm-hmm. oak pastures. And when you talk about cattle and, and, and you know, you're always like, oh, it's emissions, emissions, emissions. No, at white oak, they're actually storing more carbon than they are emitting. And so they are actually, you know, uh, a net negative, negative net, yeah, net Neg- negative yeah. for the environment. And so it's really cool to sort of see Regen Ag and actually watch mm-hmm. farmers do it. And it's about animals, but it's it's actually more about soil and and what can come from soil that's you know managed by by farmer and animals. So. Well, and it's about life, and it's about just not taking, like you said, which is important, and giving back in some way, shape, or form. I swear, you told me the whole regenerative ag story, so I actually just actually cried on the podcast because I had another well up episode. But really, this the company, you guys, with the link that Stephen has provided, you guys, you're going to get twenty percent off of these products. Um, we got some. Our dogs went freaking crazy about it. Uh, I'll do a live for you this week so you can see and understand how much. They all loved them. And check this uh, link out, check this company out and think about your own practices. Like you guys are doing so many inspiring things. I feel like everyone needs to just check themselves. Like check out your own customer service, check out your own way that you're contributing to the environment because it matters. You guys like now, if we do not come together collaboratively, even if it's just in the dog world, if the dog world can pave the way, great, let's pave the way. But if we cannot come together, uh, we may have some tough times ahead. Yeah. I just wanted to say that, you know, Jess and I, are really sticklers about what go into our dogs, way more so than what we eat. <laughs> we'll have a bowl of ice cream in the evening. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm eating junk food, but my dog is getting the best. And, the, and part of the reason for that is I want him to live as long as possible. I know that dogs have a very short life in relation to ours. One of the hardest things that I've ever dealt with is losing my dogs, and yet I keep getting another one and lose them again. <laughs> and... uh Put good food into them. And I say this only because I have met so many people, even veterinarians, that have spent a fortune on dog training and they're giving their dog the cheapest dog food they can get. You know, what you put in is what you're going to get out. And if we can do anything to help them live a little longer, less medical bills, a good diet, you know, why not? You know, we can, we control what goes in our dog's body and it's much easier than controlling what goes in our own. That's for sure. Yeah. And as far as treats go, you know, if you're giving treats a lot, the healthier, the better. Uh, Do you guys ship only to the U.S. just so people? Yes. Right. Right now we're only, only domestic. We've, we've approached, you know, Canada and stuff like that, but uh, there's a lot of weird export laws when it comes Mm. to beef organs and stuff like that. And so um, we're just not prepped for that yet. So I think we'll focus on domestic and, and work on adding fish you know, adding raw, looking at some of those things before we, we cross over. Yeah, great. I just want to quell our Canadian listeners there should be enough dogs before in they this go country so they don't get sad. <laughs> before we expand into other countries, I think we should be able to make a living here. Well, I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go buy them all out of stock. So you guys better click quick. Thank She's probably going to feed me a dry tripe tonight for dinner. <laughs> I'll get him eating healthier. No more ice cream. Thank you so you much go. for your time, Stephen. Um, I'm glad hey, good to meet that you. you guys are keeping it real down there in Georgia. It sounds like everything that's happening is kind of kismet. It was a hard COVID yeah. scene, but you're helping the farmers and your business is doing great and you deserve it. So guys, check out the link, feed your dogs, farm hounds, and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks, Steve. Keep it quirky. This one sounds sick. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.